Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 333, I think, of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? I am. Exactly. You know, I, I should have changed the theme music for this episode. For those of you that just listened to the theme music, should have been uh, should have been some "Don't Stop Believing." Maybe right? It's, it's oh, quite a well, journey we've been good. on. It's um, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, as uh, we didn't think we were going to get this far, and and every day that things seem to be not perfect but plausible. Um, it looks like I, I, I am literally watching two point seven. Major League Baseball games right now at the same time. <laughs> That's amazing. That is the isn't that the equivalent of each game? It is. Will be yes. two point seven regular games. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, I'll squished into one. I love it. Yeah, I'm watching baseball professional. This time it counts baseball as we speak, as we record. Absolutely, you know, and, and uh, we don't know what's to come. Obviously, uh, you and I have agreed. I think that the only thing that we know is that nobody knows anything about this thing. But there were a lot of people that thought we would never even get that first pitch of the season, and so I'm just happy that we've gotten to this point. At least we actual have actual baseball for some teams, not not the best teams yet, but so but it's fun. I mean, you know, it's it's a little semblance of normalcy, I guess, in this crazy. It's not even though it's not normal at all, but in this crazy year, that's what sort of what I wrote about in my Cincinnati Magazine piece. Um, this week, which is just that, you know, that just the exhibition the other day, just, just seeing the pitch and Tucker Barnard catching that first pitch. It was a strike from uh, Nicola Dolo. And just like, wait a minute, you know, this is, I remember this. They're playing against another team. And again, we didn't even know if we'd ever get here. So I guess more than even most seasons, we need to really enjoy every single pitch this year, don't we? 2.7 times as much as normal. <laughs> Precisely. And I expect you to uh, measure your own uh, enthusiasm accordingly. All right, got a lot to talk about. Let's run through some transactions of the week since we had our last podcast and uh, talk about the Reds' final roster, opening day roster has been named, kind of, and there's some other crazy stuff going on that we're going to get into. And Chris has assured me that he has plenty of hot takes ready for us tonight. Piping. Piping hot takes. All right, so we'll run through some of these transactions quickly because we've gotten to the point now where the Reds have named pretty much their opening day roster. But earlier in the week... uh, Scott Shebler, our buddy Scott Shebler, was designated for assignment, sent to, uh, uh, I doubt he'll be picked up, frankly, but he could be. Anyone uh, could pick him up. I expect he's going to be sent to the Prasco Park uh, operation. I was, gonna, I was just going to ask you where they're assigned to at this point. <laughs> There's not many places, but I guess Prasco Park is the place. Yeah. yeah. Is, is that right? I mean, I don't understand. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to get us off track, but I'm really at a loss for how the, the transaction rules work. Because I know you have to, you know, at a certain place you have to be designated for assignment to be sent to the minor leagues. But is is Prasco Park equivalent to like the minor leagues? Well, I think it is. I think the way that works this year, obviously, is that um, he's designated. Scott Shebler is designated for assignment, but he's not allowed to go to Prasco Park yet. He has to work for a short period of time at the at the ketchup factory to see if any <laughs> team is going to pick him up on waivers. And if they don't, then he moves into the Prasco Park facility. Is there a limit on how many guys can be at Prasco Park now? Like I know, I know at a certain, you know, in, in the summer camp they had a limit, but is there an ongoing limit who can work out at Prasco Park? 
My understanding is that there is a limit, and it's limited okay. to 60 total players, I believe. Okay, so so Shebler is was part of the 60, is now not part of the 60, and if he passes through waivers, could become, again, part of the 60. I think that's but probably on the, yeah. the Prasco Park side of the line. I think that's probably the best way to uh, to put it. Um, any thoughts about Scott Shebler? Nope. Nope, not one thought. I don't I haven't really thought either. about Scott Shebler since 2018. <laughs> you know, I, I like Scott Shebler. He had 30 home runs one year. You know, I got nothing against Scott Shebler. I didn't see him. It's going to be an incredible trivia question answer, though, at some point. It is, isn't it? Like a a scoreboard stumper, these guys hit 30 home runs for the Reds. (laughs) I mean, it's no one's ever going to remember that. Well, he's the only Cincinnati Red in history. There have been a lot of players play with the Reds. He's the only one with the initials SS to hit 30 home runs. Steve Smitherman didn't do it? Oh, Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed that you came up with another SS because I couldn't think of any off the top of my head. Huh? All right, someone else, uh, Scott Shepard perhaps leaving, someone else being added, Hunter Green. You know, we talked on the podcast about why Hunter Green should be on the 60-man roster, and he now is on the 60-man roster. He's on in Prasco Park, and the Reds are actually talking. David Bell said today, you know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I can envision a situation where at the end of the season he's on the big league roster throwing 100 miles an hour. So, uh, obviously, Hunter Green needed to be there. There was a reason he wasn't there initially, but um, it's about time, I guess. What was the reason? Well, the reason before, as they said, he was working out with his personal guy and uh, trying oh. to increase his, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, whatever, uh, his, his stuff. His, okay. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? Well, you know, the, what the Reds should hire, like, a, a guy to help pitchers, like a coach. Hmm. What would they call this uh, person? Uh, pitching guy. <laughs> I, the way I understood it, maybe I'm completely wrong, is that he was, he was in the middle of this comeback regimen, the Tommy John regimen, and he was almost finished with the stuff he was doing out there. I don't know, the where he's working out. There may be something else to do it. I may just be, you know. But either way, he's he's here now. Come on, get excited. He, he was like, he was like the video I saw, he was like in somebody's backyard. Yeah, yeah. He was thrown in a car window for some reason. Did you see that video? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, was some, the car moving? Oh, yeah. The car, some car was driving by as a, some Instagram stunt, I think, and... uh and far be it for me to criticize Hunter Green. Let me just say that right now. But I understand. I understand. <laughs> um, yeah, he like threw the ball in the car window for some reason. Were, were there seven bros standing around going "Whoa!" <laughs> as soon as he did it? Oh yeah, you know, you know how those Instagram videos running work. around with their hands up in the air and <laughs> things like that. Nuts! It was great. Oh, I love Hunter Green. Please stay healthy, Hunter Green. I'm really excited to see Hunter Green uh, in the Reds bullpen in. Uh, the very end of the season in the playoffs. Listen, I could see it happening. You know, uh, I, I, maybe not. He's not pitched above a low A in his career. But he don't care. He can throw the ball in a car window. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, what if he throws it through the bullpen cart window? What if Redzilla? Oh, no. Redzilla is in trouble if Hunter Green makes it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. They're going to have to recreate that on the big league field. Very happy about that. Yeah. Evidently, uh, the, the reports today where he's been working almost exclusively on his secondary pitches, uh, mostly because his fastball is clocked at 102, I think, <laughs> out there. So, yay. Trevor Bauer is really excited about the possibility. He had a quote as well. We get this guy in our bullpen. He can help us. Um, other transactional news of note, your favorite player, Derek Dietrich, was not going to make the opening day roster, and so he was has been given his release and is free to seek employment elsewhere. And I hope he gets employment elsewhere, but the short-lived Derek Dietrich era is, it's over. I, I hope he gets employment elsewhere. Yeah, I, a, I'm the low man. I'm the low man on him. <laughs> Just low as can be. 
Why is that? I don't know. I mean, partly because he had more hit by pitches than than hits, I think, at one point in the season. But I don't know. I I, I think you've got to play really, really well to get away with – got to play really, really well or be on a really good team, I think, to get away with a lot of antics. Derek Dietrich and was he, good at antics. He had antics galore. He did indeed. And and uh, I was cool with the antics for a while. And this is like a really old man jerk thing to say. I mean, I get it. It's irrational. But, you know, as the, as the batting average floated down below 200, I was like, all right, can put away the costumes and go take BP. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was fun like, when he was hitting home runs, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a very Bill Lack here right now. But, <laughs> I wasn't, uh, wasn't going to say it, but... Um. Yeah, you know, I mean, I get that, but on the other hand, uh, Dietrich's had a decent career. You know, last year it ended horribly. Obviously, he's had a decent career, but he's he's basically a you know twenty fifth guy on the roster, or now this year thirtieth guy on the roster type guy. The Reds have other guys that Shebler's one of them that could basically fill that role equally as well, probably. But I don't know. He was a fun guy to have around, and he's yeah. I'm I'm irrationally unfair to him. I'll to be completely honest about it. So. Yeah, but good luck to him. Absolutely, good luck, and and hopefully he'll get somewhere that uh, doesn't have nearly as much depth as the Reds have. And I can't believe I just said that. And he'll get a chance to uh, to come with another big league club because he's a fun guy to have around, whether you'd like yeah. his antics or not. Put him in the Mariners. There you exactly. I'm sure they need Crackens. antics. <laughs> they need somebody to pretend they're a beekeeper. And that's the thing. I, I should love that. That's like right in my alley. I was going to say, you're the resident uh, Cincinnati Reds bee expert. and bee, uh, Yes, beekeeping expert. <laughs> beekeeping lore. What's, what's the story that you uncovered uh, when we were... Uh, what, was the there book? a... Uh, oh, sorry. The, the opening day is being rained out as we speak right now. Um, is, it, is this... <laughs> we're speaking to you folks from the past. Yeah, that's that's on brand for 2020, isn't it? Yeah. Hauled shirts are off the field. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, so it, in researching the book, there was a, uh, a pretty famous story from, uh, 1975, I think it was a game of the week and there was a beehive or a, a bee swarm that landed on, on one of the, uh, the television cameras at Riverfront stadium. And, uh, it turned out that not only Reds GM, Bob Housem, but the NBC announcer, Tony Kubek were both, well, Kubek was an amateur beekeeper and, uh, Housem had grown up on a bee farm or a honey farm or whatever you'd call it. Yeah. And they, uh, they dispatched a, and then apparently there's a third amateur beekeeper in the stadium who ended up taking the hive away. So Dietrich was in a long, a long tradition of reds, uh, beekeepers. (laughs) He was, he was, he was a fake one actually, but what are the chances? I mean, I know we're not allowed to have uh, gatherings, large gatherings uh, these days, but what are the chances you have any kind of a large gathering and three people are, are beekeepers. I mean, it's, it seems impossible. It seems like it's I, the odds are in the millions. I maybe, I, maybe there are more than you know. The silent majority mm. of beekeepers. Interesting. Now I can't remember the documentary I watched last year that was nominated for an Oscar about uh, beekeepers. Better be called Buzz. Uh, it was not. It was the Bee Movie. I think was that a documentary. I think that's that's uh, an animated documentary. Oh, okay, yeah. It was one of those rare live animated films. <laughs> it was. Extremely rare. Derek Dietrich, good luck. We hardly knew you. Um, should we talk about Hunter Green again? 
Sure, why not? <laughs> what do you do now? <laughs> Nothing. I just had another tab up on my uh, screen here that had Hunter Green's name on it. Now, the Reds announced their roster today, and uh, it's a 30-man roster to start the season. If you remember, we've just, we've discussed this before, but 30 players, and uh, I think after two weeks, it is after two weeks, the roster size has dropped to 28. Two weeks after that, they go to 26, which is where they were going to be to start the season anyway. The Reds, on their 30-man roster, have 27 20... pitchers. <laughs> no? Oh, actually, surprisingly, actually, uh, it's different than I thought it would be. Fewer pitchers than I thought. But they only have 28 players right now on their 30-man roster. That puts them at a disadvantage. It does put them at a disadvantage. Now, one reason for that, I believe, is that Anthony DiSclafani today was uh, placed on the injured list due to a mild mild right Terrace major strain. Do we know what that means? Is it is it really mild? How can it be mild or, or, and major at the same time? That's a very good point. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, did you see Dr. Fauci's uh, first pitch? No, no. I was, don't. I was at the Little League field. Don't watch it. Let me just tell you. Mike Eric, Mallory? Eric Davis is disgusted. <laughs> well, he's a good doctor. <laughs> well, we'll give him that, but... Eric Davis was disgusted at that first pitch. So anyway, Anthony DiScafani is supposedly only going to miss one start. Tyler Malley is going to get that start. And so um, let's talk a little bit about the the roster as it is. Now, I projected there were going to be 15 pitchers and 15 players. I think it should have been 16 players and 14 pitchers, but I think you and I had that conversation last time we were together. turns out right now at 28 there are 14 pitchers. And 14 hitters, and the Reds' uh, general manager, Nick Crawl said today that the, they're going to name the next two tomorrow and that they will both be position players. So the Reds are actually going to start with 16 mm. position players and 14 pitchers, which surprises <laughs> me a little bit. Does it surprise you? I, it really does. And and, and w- it's just because there's a DH. I mean, I've... Uh... I, you know, So I, I, I bought that the, the, the computer game out of the park, Baseball 21, and I just finished simulating their playing the the 2020 Red season, the full 162 games. But I I turned the DH on, and man, when when you have a DH, you don't ever have to be pinch hitting. I mean, unless it's like a like a Phil Irvin, Jesse Winker type situation, right. some, some big platoon matchup late in the game. Yeah, but but you know they've got a lot of good players in the Reds, a lot of really good hitters, and those dudes don't need you. you you're not going to pinch hit for Mike Mustakas. Or Nick Castellanos. Boy, I'm just they're saying. They're not going to pinch it for Joey Votto. You know, they're not going to. Right. I, I don't know. They're not going to be like, well, you know, Suarez, we're going to bring in the lefty van meter here to face the, the right-handed reliever. I mean, that's not going to happen. So those are going to be a lot of dudes sitting around like, I, they're not allowed to spit sunflower seeds anymore, so I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's an argument for more pitchers uh, for the first time in Reds history. Yeah, and you know me. I mean, every year at yeah. – the roster's announced. I'm bitching and moaning about how many pitchers are on the roster, but I just and I like the guys that they have. I mean, every every position player they've got on there, it, I like them. But I don't know. I mean, when's Kyle Farmer going to play? It's <laughs> a good question. Well, he's your backup shortstop, as we'll get to in a moment. That's true. I, I, but yeah. Before we get into that, I'm I'm marveling over the fact that you literally said on this podcast, this is episode 333, and I think it's the first time these words have ever been used. On this podcast, at least in this order, the Reds have a lot of really good players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> What's that all about? 
Uh, they they have a lot of good players. I mean, uh, you know, you look at this, there's guys in this team that, you know, Travis Jankowski is probably the 28th man right now, but a few years ago, he would have been the fourth outfielder. <laughs> really? Yeah. Been b- battling Shebler for the starting left field job or something. Right. He ain't bad. You know, he's a legit big leaguer, but. When when that guy's one of your last guys on the bench versus one of your you know top options to start, that's a big big difference in just a few years. So kudos to management who finally figured this thing out. It looks like. Um, let's run through this uh, this roster, and uh, let me get your thoughts on what the Reds have done here. So catchers: Tucker Barnhart, Kurt Casale, and Kyle Farmer. No surprises there. We knew that all three of those guys were going to make it, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I hadn't given Kyle Farmer that much thought, but he's why not? Who? How do we feel about this this catching? I mean, everybody likes Tucker Barner, and Kirk Casale seems like a great guy, and he's been you know pretty decent since joining the Reds. But uh, do we just do we just assume that this is kind of an average catching group, and that's okay because you know average is not bad. I, I don't know that they're average. They're fine. <laughs> you know what? What are, are they adequate? Me? They're they're probably adequate. Uh, what surprised me is is just glancing at this roster, and both those dudes are over thirty this season. Yeah, I mean Tucker. Well, Tucker won't be thirty till the off season, but I, somehow counts as his age thirty season. What what I and and Kurt Casale, if your mom's listening, I'm sorry, uh, Miss Casale, because I really do like Kurt. But what I would like to see is after this year, we transition to the Tyler Stevenson era. Tucker Bornhart's your backup, or not backup, you know, first year or two, maybe they're sharing time, and everybody shares time at catcher anyway, so the backup's going to get 40% of the starts, but seems like a good opportunity to transition into the Tyler Stevenson era, and the Reds could be set there if Stevenson continues to progress like he has been, so. First base, Joey Votto. How do we feel about Joey Votto? Because this is somebody I did want to talk to you about, some of these players, and what we expect from him this year, and and someone made a point on our uh Relegation Radio Slack channel um, for for Patreon subscribers uh, that really it's kind of doesn't make sense to expect more out of Joey than we've seen the last two years. That maybe he's gonna be th- thirty seven before the season's over. That may be who he is, but it's, but it's Joey, so I feel like he can do anything. We probably shouldn't I, expect much. I'm the same way, and and you know at at a point it uh, so so Joey's gonna play. And Joey's going to play five days a week, six days a week. And Joey could be hitting 155 in September, and he's still going to be playing every day, right? Yeah. Because he's Joey Votto. Uh, I I don't know what we're going to get. I don't think you're going to get much worse than the last two years. But, uh, you know, that's not bad. But imagine a world where Mike Moustakas is playing first and, and either Nick Senzel and, or Josh Van Meter is playing second. Yeah. I, I I don't want to imagine. I don't want to be world. the guy. I don't want to be the guy to say it. <laughs> right. But if it there, it's possible that that combination could get you more production yes. than what Joey gave you last year. Than the Hall of Famer. What I think Joey has the biggest. Yeah, we talk about in the sixty game season. There's gonna be crazy things happen. You know. I think and, and someone predicted Joey Votto was one of the most likely to hit four hundred in a short season. And I think that's true, actually. I can see that. I don't know if it's true, but I can see that. But I also think there's a 
big, uh, a huge wide gap in his uh, worst case scenario and best case scenario, more so than most players. Because think of the last or the first sixty games of the last two seasons for Joey Votto. I mean, he start, he started out awful. You know, he has a history of starting slowly, but it it, it got really bad uh, in the last couple of seasons. And if you start bad this year, we, as we've talked about, you're done. I mean, it's over. Yeah, through through the team's first sixty games last year, he hit two fifty one, three forty three, three sixty nine. That's not your first baseman that you want, is it? No, I mean that's Benzinger style first base. All right, listen, I'm not going to stand for this slander. <laughs> so let's do this way. So what he did over the team's last one hundred and two games, where he played eighty eighty eight of them, two sixty seven, three sixty five, four thirty eight, which is better. not not number you know two in the MVP of twenty seventeen, but not bad. You're not going to kill us. Not going to kill you. Could you envision a scenario where Joey Votto is the weak link in this uh, lineup and it really affects the Reds' chances down the stretch? Gosh, I can't we're saying that. I, I know. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, if if he's – they got a lot of bats now. As I said, they got a lot of good players. So if – I don't think that Joey Votto is going to take the team down. I just don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, he could come out smoking and for 60 games look like the Joey Votto, Votto of old. I think everybody believes that could happen. That would be cool. If Yeah, I don't know. David Bell's going to have a – he's going to have a tough job in the next couple of years managing uh, that situation because he's there and he's going to play. So what do you do? Can you imagine Joey Votto batting hitting seventh for the Reds? It's coming. Hopefully not this year. All right, second base, you got Mike Moustakis. Obviously, uh, we don't know what to say about Moustakis. He's been pretty good at 35 home runs last year, and I expect he's going to be pretty good this year. How is he on uh, out-of-the-park baseball, 21? He was awesome. I, I, I didn't want to get too much into that kind of thing. but uh, And I, I don't know how, mu- how that game works and how much it just basically tries to replicate 2019 stats, but Galvis was like, Captain Clutch, like walk-off home runs, late-night com- late-inning comebacks. He was a lot of fun to have. Uh, well, good. That's good. Um, Until I traded for uh, Didi Gr- Gr- Gregorius late in the season. So, uh, so we got sh- uh, it, was one of, it was like that. <laughs> it was one of those. Gosh, come on, come on, Nick Crawl. Uh, that game, you know, I, I do have it this year, and I just uh, started fooling around with it some here lately. Um, I used to play years ago, a fun game, and they're really detailed. But they had uh, their little rating system, whatever, had Mustakas rated as a worse player than Castellanos. Do we believe that's true? Uh, Castellanos is really good. I think he's going to be really good for the Reds. I think they're both going to be good. I don't, you know, I don't know if one will be better than the other. I, I'm not confident that one should be or will be better than the other. But I think, I think Castellanos is pretty tough and you know Mustakas is going to be what 32 this season so yeah. he's he's he, you've seen his peak I mean I'm not saying he's going to fall off but you've seen as good as he can be Castellanos right. might might have a little bit more yeah absolutely no, I, I, my prediction is that Castellanos is going to be the Reds MVP this season um, yeah Freddie Galvis is the only shortstop on the roster literally hang with him Eugenio <laughs> uh, Suarez at third base okay uh, you know Suarez was great last year and uh uh, oh man, I gotta find it. You know, since CBS Sports did these uh, did these ratings, and uh, I wrote about it, 
I don't think I wrote about that part though in Cincinnati Magazine, but I think it was Dane Perry over there. You know Dane Perry? Uh, no, I know Dane Cook. Has Dane Perry never been in your kitchen? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's a writer at CBS Sports, and he's uh, he's uh, he's a good follow on the Twitters. Back when I used to be on the Twitters, but uh, he predicted that Eugenio Suarez was going to be National League MVP this season. Well. I like that. Suarez keeps going past what I thought he could be. So who knows? He, he keeps soaring past what I thought his ceiling was. So, um, so outfielders, I guess we should say in infielders, we, the only really real sort of backup infielder other than Kyle Farmer that's on the roster right now, I guess, is uh, Josh Van Meter, who, again, it's a situation where how many, how much is Josh Van Meter going to play? I love the guy, but, uh, you know, I guess if he's the only backup infielder, I think they're going to add two backup infielders tomorrow. But and by, maybe by the time you've listened to this, but it's going to be interesting to see how much any of these guys play that aren't the, you know sort of the top nine or ten yeah, hitters. I just don't see. I mean, you got sixty games. Why are you ever going to put one of these guys in? Yeah, unless like, somebody's hurt. Bill Lack, uh, he said, you know, you're not going to have any of the Dusty Baker Sunday special lineups. Yeah, I like that. This I like year. that line. Um, outfielders. Now, we do have six outfielders. Shogo Akiyama, Nick Senzel, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Philip Irvin, and Travis Jankowski. I expect the first four to play a good bit. I don't I don't see Irvin and Jankowski getting, uh, getting much play here. I don't know. What did I hear? Uh, I, the, well, the, you know, Trent Rosecrans had a had an online chat today on The Athletic, and I think he, he said – I guess Irvin bet lead off in one of the exhibition games, and uh, uh, he he seemed to take some some sort of sign from that. I don't know. I don't see it. I, I mean, if they're doing that, that means they're going to be playing five outfielders regularly somehow. I mean, I guess one of them's in a DH, but I don't know how you do it. I don't have any philosophical philosophical objections to Philip Irvin's presence. But I don't see how you can justify having him over uh, any of those top four: Akiyama, Senzel, Castellanos, and Winker. Oh, I, I'm I'm a big believer in an Irvin Winker platoon. No, I'm a big believer in a Winker Akiyama platoon. Well, a, yeah. Win, a Winker Akiyama Senzel platoon in center and left. Well, that's two lefties and a righty. Yeah, I think I think Akiyama gets more uh, play against the uh, against uh, Akiyama. Plays against lefties and and Senzel sits sometimes against righties. I think so. Okay. I think I I just think that Senzel is the future, and I think the way we, what we've seen with and we'll talk about the opening day lineup in a moment. I think uh, David Bell is all in on Nick Senzel. It, it appears to me, and I think and and Akiyama is you know big free. Agent. I mean, they just went out and paid a bunch of money for Akiyama, so I just don't see how they're gonna not play play him. Yeah, and so so Winker's your fourth outfielder. Or DH, and he plays against every right-hander. So I guess Irvin can get some starts occasionally against lefties, but I just I don't know. I don't see there being a. a t- but but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe Irvin uh, somehow gets in there. Jankowski is a uh, he's, he's going to pinch runner. Yeah, he's going to pinch run. Although, yeah. can I just can I just make a suggestion? The San Francisco Giants today they announced their thirty-man uh, roster. No. Billy Hamilton did not make their Ooh. roster. Ooh. 
so the Reds can go out and get Billy Hamilton to do what we all wanted him to do all along, which is just be a pitcher. Yes, runner. yes. They don't have Prasco Park in San Francisco. Exactly. So he, he can't go there. Exactly. I'm, I'm not sure how that works, but so go get Billy. That's the only thing I wanted to say on this podcast. We can. I, I think that's a great idea. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because they don't, even with, you know, Jankowski's clearly a pinch running type guy, but I'm not even sure it, it, it works out kind of funny. Like who, who does he run for? Because they really have no backup infielders. So yeah. let's say he runs for Votto. Winker. Winker plays first. Oh yeah. Yeah. He runs for Winker, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, I right. Yeah. I'm saying it's kind of a, I guess they put Kyle Farmer at first or Van Meter at first or. I mean, who are we going to get into who the 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 next two guys are going to be? Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, okay. next. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, he's not going to run for Sinzel. I mean, he's not going to run for Akiyama or Castellanos. Right. Really, just Votto and unless it's like the extra innings deal. Right. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I think this is the one season where maybe you can carry one guy who's not going to do anything but. Uh, Who's the guy for the A's in the Herb uh, Washington? Herb Washington that was just a pinch runner. Maybe this is the one season where you can justify that. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Now the last two spots they said are going to be are going to be position players. My opinion is that Matt Davidson is going to get one of those. I said that we did a Patreon podcast this weekend, and I said that's who I predict, predicted. Matt Davidson, who's basically I don't know, he's Derek Dietrich um, without the antics. A uh, big power bat, and then probably Christian Cologne, who can play around the infield a little bit. So that the, the they, those two with Josh Van Meter will be your backup infielders, and Kyle Farmer. Yeah, you know, I think I saw Christian Cologne last year playing for Louisville Bats, and he he did a nice job. He is a dude that is listed as an infielder and can supposedly play all over the place. But if you look at him, you would not believe that story. <laughs> You believe that it's a fairy tale, huh? Well, he he looks. I think uh, Javier Valentin is probably the best comparison I can find for Christian Cologne as far as like physique. <laughs> That's not high praise, Chris Garber. It's fine. I you know <laughs> I I have a mirror at my house. That's right. I'm just saying he he doesn't look like Zach Cozart running around at shortstop. <laughs> I guess there's some uh, flexibility. Uh... Or yeah, some, well, he's the, he's the Kung Fu Panda of middle infield. <laughs> I like it. It's all right. I think he's going to be on the team, and I think Matt Davidson as well. Any thoughts on the last two guys? they got to be infielders. Joshua Van Meter and, and Kyle Farmer, they're only backup infielders. Yeah, I think Cologne's got to be there to to play short when Freddie Galvis you know, gets hurt or something. Can, can we just very briefly discuss that? What happens if Freddie Galvis tears an ACL? in week two of the season. And please don't do it. Oh my gosh, we're getting into another Hunter Green situation. Please don't do it, Freddie Galvis. But what happens if Freddie Galvis does? He's out for the rest of the season if something happens. The, the Reds are in the situation that, uh, was it John Candy or Steve Martin was in when he, he wasn't able to get a rental car in planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, what is it, Jose Garcia? Is that the next one in line? I, I think they have to bring up, uh, is he ready yet? I don't think so. But you can't have Kyle Farmer starting the last, you know, 50 games of the season at shortstop. Kyle Farmer and Christian Colon, you can't do that. That's not, a, that's not a playoff team that employs one of those guys as an everyday starter. I think at least you have a chance with Jose Garcia. I don't want it to happen. I want Freddie Galvis to play, but uh, 
It'd be interesting to see what the Reds would do. All right, let's talk about the pitchers. I think they'll go find somebody. I think there's a, a Jack Wilson or somebody lying around out there with with uh, who can catch it and has played in the majors before, and that's what they'll do. You know, I think you're probably right. There's going to be some guys that are not playing right now, or they're, they're on some other team's Prasco, Prasco Park, Park. Roster, roster. Yeah, they'll have to go get somebody. But I'd love to see it be Jose Garcia. All right, the starting rotation to start the season, Sonny Gray, who will start on opening day, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, and Tyler Malley. Miley Malley backing up the uh, rotation there. And obviously, Di Scafani will be back. Hopefully, you never know, Di Scafani has a tendency to get hurt and stay hurt. Fingers crossed for him because he's really good when he's healthy. But not much to say about that. I mean, that's they're good, right? They're good. Here's your bullpen. Rosel Iglesias, who's only going to pitch in the ninth inning when the Reds are up by three runs, I think is precisely yeah, what David Bell announced. With a waxing gibbous moon or greater. <laughs> exactly. Amir Garrett, uh, who we like. Michael Lorenzen, who we like. Pedro Strope, uh, who has wears his cap at a jaunty angle. Uh, Robert Stevenson. Lucas Sims. Nate Jones. My guy Cody Reed. And Brooks Raley. Brooks Raley, 42 years old, making his way back from overseas. Brooks was here. Brooks was, oh, that's, that's, that's sad. Oh. If you don't understand why that's sad, <laughs> you need to go watch more movies. Um, you know, you know this guy Keith Law, right? Uh, yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> Keith Law. Uh, for a while, when I was on the Twitters, I mean, he didn't follow me, but I blocked him just so I wouldn't see any of his tweets in my <laughs> in my timeline. You know, one yeah, of those guys. Fair. fair. He's uh, he's not my favorite guy, but uh, he picked the Reds. I think to win a lot. Somebody, th- somebody said in our Slack channel, uh, he picked the Reds to win. I don't pick him to win the National League or what, but he, one of the reasons was he thought the Reds were going to have one of the best bullpens in the league. Is that overstating the case? No, I don't think so. I think they've got. I mean, look. <clears throat> They've got some guys who are kind of high variance, but and that's every bullpen, right? I yeah, mean, they've, yeah. the, the key is they've got the high ceiling. I mean, Amir, Lorenzen, Stevenson, even Jones and Sims, those guys, and, and Rayleigh, those guys could all be lights out, or they could walk a lot of guys too. I think Cody Reed's in that mix too. Yeah. Yeah, with, fair. With his arm. Fair. Yeah. But does it bother you that Strope wears his cap at such a jaunty angle? No, you know, my, my son's cap has begun migrating <laughs> by a few degrees every couple weeks over to that sort of jaunty angle. And I keep looking at him like, straighten your hat. And he straightens it. And then like two innings later, it's off to the side again. I'm like, I, maybe his head's crooked. I don't know. Oh, the kids so, these days. You know, the ki- you, you know, the kids these days, they love the rock and roll music. They're, they're rocking TikToking. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, my son has not uh, had the jaunty angle, but uh, for a long time I was frustrated by the, the flat bill. Oh, the, the flat bill's never caught on. At least, you know, my kid, maybe he's young enough for where he lives, and the flat, the flat bill kind of passed by here before my kids got into hat wearing, or at least controlling their own hat age. <laughs> yeah, my, my son's a little bit, uh, a couple years, two, three years older than your, your oldest, I guess, but... Uh, he, yeah, he and his his buddies, they all just, they, the flat bills. He'll go out in public and he's wearing this hat. Do like, that doesn't match. Why don't you go pick one of my hats out here? <laughs> no way. Your hats, the, the bills are all too bent. 
Does he wear, uh, um, does he keep the sticker on the hat? <laughs> he does not keep the sticker on the hat, no. His favorite hat, though, this is really strange. He wears it everywhere. It was a uh, was a giveaway cap at the Great American Ballpark, and it, it says Frisch's right on the side. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good-looking hat. Does it have the nice big hat. boy on the front? <laughs> it does not have the big boy on oh. the front, no. It's got the wishbone C, but okay. uh, it's, it's a really cool design. It really is a nice-looking hat, but and he loves it. And I guess nobody's ever asked him what, you know, so that you weren't advertising for Frisch's. So anyway. Just likes it. Just likes Frisch's. He just loves that, uh, loves that uh, unlimited breakfast uh, bar. All right. So anyway, I've not been to Frisch's in forever because uh, everything's closed. So I that- try. I had a, I had a gift card to Frisch's and I showed up at Frisch's and it, the location had gone out of business. <laughs> oh man, that's. It's 2020 for you, you right there. When you when you when you get yourself geared up for frishes and it doesn't doesn't come through, I tell you that's a rough day. You know, I'm in a similar situation for Christmas this year. Um, my parents were trying to decide what to get me, and I was like, oh, you know, if you if you insist on getting me something, just get me a you know a, a gift card from an airline, so I can fly somewhere and go do something. You know, that's what you know. I don't I don't need more junk in my house. And uh, so they did that, and I'm afraid that Delta is going to go out of uh, out of business before. I get a chance to use that, given the way things are going. Yeah, I, you might be right. At least they're going to go bankrupt and wipe out those cards. Oh, goodness gracious. That's going to be awful. But I can't fly anywhere. So, All right, so let's talk about the opening day lineup. Opening day, obviously, the Reds are going to play against the Detroit Tigers. Could not be a better matchup on opening day because the Tigers are really bad. Are the Reds going to win opening day? That's the first question. Guarantee they're going to win 2.7 games. <laughs> okay. Here's your starting lineup uh, as it has been uh, announced. Leading off, playing center field, Nick Senzel. Batting second, first base, Joey Votto. Batting third, third base, Eugenio Suarez. Batting fourth, second base, Mike Moustakas. Batting fifth, right field, Nick Castellanos. Batting sixth, left field, Shogo Akiyama. Batting seventh, you'll be interested in this, designated hitter, Philip Irvin. Huh. Batting eighth, shortstop, Freddie Galvis. And batting ninth, Kirk Casale, the catcher. And, of course, the reason for that is that... Uh, Left-hander on the mound, Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd for the Tigers. is going to be a, He's a lefty. And so, um, you know, Philip Irvin's in the opening day lineup. I just, I just don't see it. I don't know. He... I guess he has a history of mashing left-handers, and there's not going to be that many they're going to play against, but eh, I don't know. Who else are you going to put there? Who, who's a better right-handed hitter than Philip Irvin that's not in the lineup? There's not one. I guess there's not, yeah. There's not one on the roster. Oh, well. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Sonny Gray is going to be the starting pitcher, obviously, the second uh, consecutive season the Reds have... Uh, I guess the third consecutive season of different uh, opening day starters. I think Aaron Harang was the opening day starter before them. He started 12 straight seasons on opening day. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Checks out. Sonny Gray, uh, I don't know what else to say. The Reds have to win. They really need he's to get awesome. started. Sonny Gray is awesome. He is really good. Have you noticed that? He's he's awesome. Oh, so he's better than really good. He's awesome. He's very good. Man. Well, I do love me some, uh, some Sonny Gray, and I hope he gets off to a good start. Now, there's a question about this in our viewer mail, and uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now. Let me find the question, and we'll use that. These questions, obviously, tonight on, on viewer mail are from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can join the family. And now I can't uh, find the question. Oh, mercy. I'll just make it up. Oh, well. I'll get to it in a minute because I can't find it. The question is, we've discussed it maybe a little bit before, but uh, how important is it these Reds get off to a, to a hot start? It is 2.7 times as important as most years. <laughs> oh, this is 2.7 times the this podcast, podcast that it usually is. is. 2.7 times as good. <laughs> certainly 2.7 times as long. It certainly, yes. We got we got to get moving here. We we have a No, I think they've got to get they've got to get out to a good start, but you know, they all 60 of them count. And there's not like there's going to be a trade deadline or any other reason that if they, you know, want to keep playing hard that they could make up a little bit of a deficit. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think they need to win their first 30 games and then I'll feel comfortable. It'd be a good sign. But I'm going to make this prediction right now. It is a 100% chance, by which I mean it's an absolute guarantee. The Reds Lock are... of the century, folks! <laughs> the Reds are going to make the playoffs. Well, it's a better than 50% chance, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, 100 is better than 50. So let's talk about the, the playoff. Today it was announced. You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> We talking playoffs? Uh, never gets old, folks. Never. The gift that keeps on giving. All right, so today the news was that the Major League Baseball Players Association had approved a plan just for the 2020 season for Major League Baseball to have 16 playoff teams in the season. Now, you know that had been rumored before, but it had never been agreed upon in the previous uh, discussions, and so we were assuming that it was going to be a regular postseason. Well, now the... Sides kind of restarted the talks about the larger postseason just this week, and the Players Association approved it. The owners now have to approve it, but I think everyone believes that it's going to it's going to happen. So here are the the details: first round games. Well, first of all, sixteen teams, sixteen playoff teams, so eight in each league. Uh, the all first place teams are obviously going to make it. All second place teams are going to make it. And the seventh and eighth team in each league would be chosen by the best record among the other teams. If the Reds are not one of the top eight teams in the National League this year, then I quit. I mean, I give up. They have to make. They have to make the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, you know, my opinion is is the same as it was earlier. This is dumb. <laughs> it's this really, is just dumb. It's really, it's really kind of dumb. First round games, best of three series. Uh, I don't know. I mean, why? You get to pick. You get to pick your opponent. What's the point of all this? Uh, money, money, money. Give us something to watch on TV in October. Yeah, I mean, obviously, money because the league and, and the players' ocean did agree on a fifty million dollar postseason bonus pool for players. We and, and evidently that could uh, increase if there's going to be fans. That's something that's talked about. I'm not willing to discuss that just yet, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it makes it more likely that the Reds make the playoffs. But I thought the Reds had a pretty good chance with the other uh, scenario. And I don't know. I, I've been all in on a 60-game season and the craziness of it. And if the Reds were to win the World Series under those circumstances, I'd be I'd hey, we'll fly that flag. But this is kind of silly. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just kind of dumb. And it's 
I don't you can't have more than half the teams in your league make the playoffs. It makes the I know they're only playing 60 games, but it, there's no just have a bracket. You know? Play 30 games, knock out some teams and then just play a big bracket. It's just <laughs> It's dumb. Cuz and, and the other thing is this isn't going away. Oh, you don't think so? No, it's not going away. Give them that taste. Yeah. Give them that taste of that sweet, sweet playoff money. And, you know, look, I mean, anytime you play a short series for high stakes, there's going to be drama. So it will feel like it's exciting and it will feel like fun. You just, what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, the Dodgers are going to win 45, go 45 and 15, and then they're going to get bounced by the, the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. Who got the the who were the eighth playoff team in the National League? Because anything can happen in a short series. Baseball's the one the one sport where the long season kind of means something. Has always meant something. Now less recently with all the, with the wild cards, but you know, 162 games and, and sort of that long haul of the season. That's one of my favorite things about baseball is that it's the long march to the postseason, and, and you really kind of separate the wheat from the chaff by the time you get to October. And now we knew with 60 games you weren't going to do that. You weren't going to really – there was going to be some crazy team get in, and maybe this maybe this will help like a good team that should be in but start slowly to get in. But it's – I don't know. If it's just one season, I guess I'll deal with it. But if you're right, and this is in future seasons, I absolutely deplore the idea because what's what's the point of playing 162 games at that point? You know, let's right. go ahead, let's just have a let's have a 70 game season and then a huge playoff series. It's all just for seeding, you know. And then you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get teams that that you know that sh- shut down Paul Pierce for a month in May because or you know the last month of the season because they want him healthy for the playoffs. And they don't really care about seeding that much. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it it changes. And again, I'm not against changing baseball. I'm all, I'm all for it, except for the designated hitter, which can take a hike. But um, baseball needs to be changed, I guess. Every other sport changes. But man, that 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 long haul. It, I don't know. Anyway, I think it's dumb. Although right dumb. now, shouldn't let me ask you this: Shouldn't we actually be happy about this? Because the Reds have been garbage for so long, <laughs> and this increases the chance the Reds actually get to play in the postseason. Shouldn't we be like the ones that are out in front cheering this? Ah, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I've I've already b- booked the division championship, so that's why I'm kind of like, why are we letting other teams play in this thing? <laughs> Good point. Good point. So anyway, there's your postseason. Let's answer some of these viewer mail questions, and then we'll. Uh, We'll get Cheer out of here. Cheer for the viewers. Uh, before we do it, uh, this, again, these questions come from patreon.com slash redlegradio, and we got a couple of new subscribers this week and uh, starting to see a trickle as the season's getting started of some new uh, members of the family over at Patreon. So we want to thank those uh, new uh, new family members first, as we always do. The first of those is Scott McGinnis. Scott McGinnis, thank you so much for joining us. Now, Chris, you know the custom here. Scott McGinnis, he's... Um, He's a crafty. He doesn't throw very hard, but he's a starting pitcher, I think. Great curveball. 
Yeah, good curveballs, nice off-speed stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he may touch ninety on the gun. Yeah, he'll keep you honest with the fastball. Yeah, he's just he's just not a power pitcher necessarily. Right, but but he's but he's gonna give you a lot of innings. He's a guy you want to keep around. Also, a good clubhouse guy. Yeah, yeah. All right, Doesn't so put up with any nonsense from the rookies. No nonsense from the rookies. Oh, those rookies. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, the other guy, I'm gonna, I may mangle this name, and Eric, you're going to have to tell me, how, how would you pronounce the last name of G-R-U-E-N? G-R-U-E-N. Gruen? 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 It could be Green. Could be. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Gruen. That's where I went. What what I went with. But Eric Gruen. Now this is important as we pick his uh, position. Eric is spelled with a K. E R I K. So Eric, uh, thank you so much for joining us. What position do we have for Eric? First base. First base. Okay, I can buy it. Left-handed hitter. Yep. Yeah. Throws left. Bats left. You think he wears a helmet? He plays the field. Oh, I think he does. Yeah, I think he plays a helmet. Wears a helmet and. Uh, and he's not a big power hitter necessarily. Oh, line drives all in the gap to gap. Oh man, gap to gap. Yeah, I mean he gets on base and he really he's, um, he's John Olerud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going with that. So You're getting there, yeah. <laughs> Eric, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining us. Now the uh, the first question comes from who does it come from? I guess I need to reload the page and find out. Oh, uh, good grief! As usual, it comes from uh, Joe Farsing. He gets in there every time. Every time he's the first one there, which kudos to him. With expanded playoffs, now how much of a letdown let would missing the postseason be? That's the you know sort of opposite of what I was saying Fair. earlier. Oh, my Fair. gosh. Can you imagine? The one Reds... way to look at life. <laughs> but isn't that a, sort of a Cincinnati sports thing? Yeah, you know what? But the, 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 I guess the one good thing about, about having all these uh... – all these playoff spots is if you don't get in, I got no sympathy for you. That's true. Even in a shortened season. Oh, a bubble team at, you know, <laughs> 28 and 32. Gosh, we didn't make it. Well, tough. Yeah. I guess this, this is the best year for them to do this, actually, because in previous years, the Reds are not going to make, the Reds are not going to be one of the top 16 teams in the league in most of the most recent years. So at least this year, they should be good enough to where they're safe, but I don't know. Andrew Scott Wills asks, I have declared Red's opening day a household holiday. We have Red's banners hung up. My daughter has made six dozen baseball cookies. Nice. Uh, my wife is preparing a Great American Ballpark snack tray, and I'm manning the grill. What should I grill? Big Red Smoky. Big Red Smoky, obviously. You're a hot dog? <laughs> and that's another one. If you don't get that one, you've never been to Riverfront Stadium, and I'm disappointed in you. Um. What about you just go ahead and, and make a full cheese coney, put the whole thing on the grill, see how it turns out. Why not? Why not? It's a crazy season, so let's do something crazy. So good question, Andrew. Uh, I want to know what you end up grilling. I'm going to say. I want some of that food. Yeah, really. Are we invited, Andrew? Every Patreon uh, subscriber <laughs> gets a uh, free snack tray. <laughs> yeah, gets to go to Andrew's house and pick up his free snack tray. <laughs> Scott McGinnis, who we just mentioned. Long-time viewer, first-time mailer. Votto has historically been a slow starter, second-half guy. Any opinions on how the shortened season affects him in particular? Now, we kind of talked about that earlier, but I guess, what do we really think is going to happen? Is he going to start slow? No idea. Yeah, we don't know. 
I, there's there's scant evidence on how Canadian first basemen deal with pandemic delayed seasons. <laughs> you can't go back and do a little research and find out. I, I tried the baseball reference play finder. Uh, <laughs> like I said, it came out pretty pretty slim. Yeah, there was some Matt Stairs data from uh, from the SARS epidemic, but that's I don't know that that's really comparable. <laughs> I feel like Votto. We, his work ethic is legendary. We already know that. I feel like he knows this and that he started slowly. And I, and again, this is me. This is wishful thinking, obviously. But I feel like he's been working really hard to stay in to stay in shape. He's been finding all the good Canadian pitchers he could find to throw to him. Uh, are there any Canadian pitchers? Probably Ferguson Jenkins. <laughs> Not sure he's still going to help Votto, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like he's going to feel the urgency more than we do to get started because he knows how he's begun these last few seasons so i'm gonna say i feel like he's gonna start quickly he's gonna he's gonna pretend like it's late july which it actually is but and he's gonna be like normal vado late july and my fingers yes are crossed nathan connor with a condensed season each game will feel like a bigger deal how much of a bigger deal chris 2.7 times bigger deal (laughs) Nathan says, this could be a lot of fun. I know baseball would never go this way permanently, but it would be cool to experience a regular baseball season with fans in the stands with this kind of heightened feeling of attention. Imagine a 26-week, 78-game season where teams only played three-game series Friday through Sunday, Monday through Thursday off days. Ticket scarcity would drive up demand. Attendance would go up. Crowds would be more engaged. It would be interesting if these would be the effects. Any thoughts? My first thought was, I, you know, I've got a friend who is a, uh, he's, he's a big football fan. Was a baseball fan growing up, but kind of has has fallen away because uh, he thinks it's a little boring. And uh, we had lunch, I guess, uh, yesterday or the day before, and uh, and he made the statement, "Man, I wish every baseball season was sixty games." What are your thoughts about that, Chris? I'm against. I don't know why. Why would you want every baseball season to be less baseball? Less, yeah. yeah. To make I, each every pitch matter, I wish every pizza was smaller. <laughs> wish, wish every beer came in a smaller can. Wish ice cream came in a half cone. I think Nathan's question is born out of, uh, and I'm with you, Nathan. Uh, it, only a Reds fan could think this. <laughs> well, all right, you know, because we've had no games that mattered <laughs> for a long time, for most of our lives, actually. No games matter. This time it doesn't count once again. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, wow, let's have a shortened season where every pitch is going to matter. I get it, Nathan. And I think that would be fun, like in, a, in an alternate universe where that was the way baseball was played. I could see that being crazy fun, you know, one series a week, Friday through Sunday. Um, obviously, baseball is never going to do it because they like the money that comes from all the games. And it's not really baseball. Baseball I mean, is the I mean, only sport where – a bad team beats a good team 40% of the time. And, and that's still going to happen. I mean, playing it fewer times, I mean, I guess you'd, you'd have your best three pit. You don't need three pitchers. I mean, this what what they're describing is college baseball. Which is fun, but... Which is fun, but it's not superior to Major League Baseball. Yeah. Although I will say that the uh, University of Virginia Cavaliers have won a championship more recently than the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, well, let me know when the Reds draft another player from there. 
not be happy. Are you are you really hammering Nick Howard, former first round pick? Nick Howard, still bitter. <laughs> this podcast got to stop drafting. Stop drafting Knicks. <laughs> I agree. Wait a minute. What? What about Sinzel? Um, All right, that worked out. One for three. There you go. So yeah, Nathan. I mean, I get it. I think you're right that that would be fun. It, can, it would be a heightened sense of tension. But I, yeah, I'm not much interested. Not much interested. I, I love the long, slow baseball season where the best teams show they're the best teams. I don't like when bad teams. I don't like when bad teams win championships. And there's a pretty good chance this year that a bad team's going to win the World Series if they make it that far. Risto Neely. My he's guy back. Risto. He's yeah, back again. Guess who's back? Chad and Chris, after watching both ex this uh, question is directed towards both of us, Chris. I heard. Yeah. After watching both exhibition games this week, it occurred to me how short both game times were. Two hours thirty eight minutes, two hours forty one minutes. Um I don't recall game times this short, except for the odd outlier games, since the seventies. And uh and Risto told us he was uh he went to the I think he said the World Series. No, he was at the uh last game of the National Championship Series in nineteen seventy six against the Phillies. Ooh, that was a good one. Yes, yes. That was the soul-crushing game. It was. So there were TV timeouts and both the station identifications missing were all the usual fan extras in the parks, raffles, mascot entertainment on the field, t-shirt can. Wait, oh, I hadn't thought about the fact there's no t-shirt cannons this year. I think they should just go out and shoot them out there anyway. I think they should Let shoot... Jim Day go pick them all up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Send Redzilla out to shoot the t-shirt cannons. And in also... neighborhood? <laughs> well, that too, yes, That's please. what they should do. They should just go to a random neighborhood... In between innings, and drive that thing down, and blare the horn, and shoot the fire, and just blast t-shirt cannons at Helms Can you in the imagine? greater Cincinnati area with like a TV camera taping it? That, that would get played everywhere, man. That would be great PR. I love it. Oh, I got to do it. I got to get on it. <laughs> I was I was so, going to suggest that they go around the park shooting out the t-shirts, and every foul ball and home run gets hit. Just leave them laying there, and then when you have a actually have fans in the stadium. It's just a big, wild... Uh, it's people. like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, going out and grabbing what you can grab. So, oh, that's great. <laughs> so back to Risto's question. Uh, no batter walk-up music. Uh, he he thinks there was less uh, batting glove Velcro pulling. Granted, there were no play challenge, in, uh, replay challenges, re review delays. Do you think these shortened game times will continue for the regular season? seems to me that both team marketing shares as much fault... I see it. It seems to me that both team marketing shares as much fault as players and field management do for game delay. Right? Yeah, commercial and stuff. No, I don't. I don't expect there to be uh, any difference in the game times. Frankly, I think that most spring training games are shorter anyway, and I think yep. that's probably what we saw. What do you think, Chris? I agree. The delay in the game is is each pitcher and each hitter treating each pitch like their career depends on it. Which it does. <laughs> it's true. I and guess you can and it. when you need to throw 100 miles an hour, it takes a couple seconds to get kind of geared up to do it. You know, you're, you're in the 70s. It was like watching guys play almost like play basketball, you know, where, where you, you you kind of move back and forth and the game keeps moving. Now it's like watching guys play golf or or lift weights where you kind of got to get yourself settled and mentally focused and geared up, and then you can finally go. Interesting comparison, because I think Michael Lorenzen does actually lift weights while he's playing baseball. <laughs> he, should do, he should just put a, a, a rack behind the mound. <laughs> yeah, let's do some squats in, the, in between innings. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think the games are going to stay the same length. Uh, Rich Thompson. Gentlemen, baseball is a game that is often romanticized that also brings back fond memories of our youth. With that said, what were your first and fondest memories as a Reds fan? First and fondest memories. Well, I can say what my fondest was, and this is probably sad. I should I should say the 1990 World Series is my fondest. It wasn't because I was in my living room. My fondest memory as a Reds fan was Clinchmas when Jay Bruce hit the home run and uh, Reds clinched the division after so many years being awful. That was my fondest memory. Oh, that was a good time. I wasn't there. I, I remember you were going. And I, yeah, a I was bunch there. Of, a bunch of people were like, let's go to the game tonight. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to go down there. And you did it. You drove twice as far as I would have had to go. Yeah, because I'm a more dedicated Reds fan. Let's be clear. True. Yeah. True. Um, first memory, I, I don't really remember exactly. I just know I was very aware of like the 78 team and, and what was going on there. But uh, I think my fondest in-person memory was the game four of the night or maybe it was game three, whatever the clinching game was of the 1995 division series mm. with like Mark Lewis hit a grand slam. Yeah. You were in college at that time. Were you at the game? I was, I was out of college. I was, uh, I was working and I had made it back into, uh, Southern Ohio in time for the game. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it wasn't a particularly, you know, historic moment for the Reds, especially cause they melted down pretty bad against the Braves the, the next week. But, that was a really, really fun night. It was a, a warm, you know, early October night, and they they lit up the uh, the very successful Hideo Nomo at the time, and uh, it was it was a fun night. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, again, my, I'm similar to you. My first, you know, I don't really know because Marty and Joe were kind of always on in the background, so yeah, I don't really know. I'm surprised you didn't mention your uh, your Gene Garner Gene Garber anecdote as being your, one of your first memories. Well, yeah, that that's definitely that that season that Pete Rose three thousand hit year hitting streak year all that was was pretty 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 vivid for me. I was I think I was five. Um, that's that's probably my favorite. Uh, I think it was in a footnote in the book, wasn't it? I know, like a really long footnote. Yeah, we had a fight to keep those footnotes in, didn't we? We did, and they 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 printed them as small as they possibly could print them. <laughs> they did, but I don't know. We fall for it. Um, all right. See what other questions we've got. Let me quickly, before I finish with Rich's question, I do want to say that a pretty close uh, second for my fondest is a game the Reds lost in the playoffs. But game, I guess it was game three of the 2010 National League Division Series. The season where the Reds finally made it back to the playoffs after a thousand years and they got no hit in game one of the series against the Phillies. But then and they're down 0-2. And they come back to Cincinnati for game three. And I just I was like, you know, it's the first playoff game in 15 years. I, I got to go. So my brother and I, if you heard my discussion with my brother on a few podcasts ago, Nate, we drove up and uh, were there for that game. And that is one of the best atmospheres I've ever felt at Great American Ballpark. I mean, it was it was it was loud, and everyone was pulling together, and everyone was just happy to be there at a playoff game, even though they were down 0-2, and the season was almost over, and it was over after the night. But it was just uh, that electricity in the stadium. You know, I want to feel that again. Yeah, that you know the the one game I can well, there was a game I went to the the division or the the LCS in '90 that was pretty awesome, but. 
the one where I felt that same feeling and it was a horrible, horrible ending was game three of the, the series against the Giants in, in 2012. That was a game where Homer Bailey just threw an absolute yeah. gem. Uh, you know, had a no-hitter going into the sixth. And uh, Brandon Phillips did some toot blanding, and uh, <laughs> Scott Rowland kicked the ground ball, and that was it. Yeah, but it was no big deal because I was at game four, and I was like, well, whatever, they lost one. Hey, Casey, my son, let's let's, let's go watch uh, game four. Get their little clinch, and we'll move on to the National League Championship Series. It's going to be great. Ugh. That ended pretty quickly, right? Yeah, it did. I think the first batter hit a home run. It was not a good day. That was a good day because I was hanging out with my son at the ball game. Watching, yeah. Watching the Reds in the playoffs. So that's good. We had a good time. Um, But, yeah, didn't end well. Thomas Dennis asks... And I'm, I'm having to skip some repeat questions here in the in the Patreon feed tonight. Sorry about that, gang, but uh, we're running running short on time, so I want to try to get to these last couple that don't repeat. Thomas Dennis says, "I just watched the interview with our incredible commissioner. I sent, detected a note of sarcasm there, who was talking up the idea that the higher seeded team gets all three first round playoff games at home!" Exclamation point. To what degree is there a home field advantage in the postseason with no fans? Is it diminished at all, slightly, or significantly? Uh, I, there will be a, well, there probably will be a home field advantage because you get to sleep in your own bed. Yeah, and you get to bat last. You get to bat last, so there's going to be some marginal home field advantage probably, but I would say less than any other postseason in baseball history. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, it's a good point, uh, Thomas. Rich Harwood asks, and this is this is the typical question we get in viewer mail, and I love it. Nothing to do with baseball. So let's let's finish this, and uh, and we'll we'll get out. Greatest actor from pro wrestling: Andre the Giant, John Cena, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Princess Bride would clearly have to be the best movie out of their collective body of work, but I'd really appreciate a cinema files. I like that cinema files nuanced opinion of Johnson and Cena's entire catalog. Entire catalog, he says. Thanks, and hold his feet to the fire for that nuance. Chris, um, yeah, we can't go through their whole catalogs because we've, as we always do, we've gone far too long. But the greatest actor from pro wrestling is clearly John Cena. That's not where you were going. Have you seen Predator? <laughs> I have. I'm um, speaking, of course, of former Minnesota Governor Jesse T. Body Ventura. Oh, any gosh. conversation about thespian wrestlers begins and ends with Jesse Ventura. You went there. Unless you want to talk about Thunderlips from Rocky Three. <laughs> good, good call. Um, yeah. So, so you're adding some new names into this. Uh... No, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Dwayne Johnson guy all, all the way. Jason, or Jason, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, he's not a great actor. He's really not. He's charismatic. But he's charismatic. He's he's fun. He's in fun movies generally. Not all not all of them. Uh but I but I enjoy Dwayne Johnson on screen. He's a legitimate star. He's a he's a movie star. Um the Jumanji movies are kind of garbage, but they're hilarious. 
And it's because he's just, he's charismatic. Um, the reason I said, and Andre the Giant, obviously the Princess Bride, I love the Princess Bride. But you know, Andre the Giant's kind of a, I don't know, sad story. Uh, John Cena, the reason I said John Cena is because, what was the movie he was in with uh, Amy uh, Schumer? I, oh, that, yeah, that's James. the only one I can think of it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't even know any John Cena movies, but uh, the the head, head case or... Gosh, what was that movie? I can't was remember. Was it called Head Case? Is that what no, it was? No, no. Oh, uh, Trainwreck. Trainwreck, yes. The story of the 2018 Cincinnati Reds. Um, that Has movie he been in other movies? I don't know. Probably. That's the only one I've seen him in. Um, but I like that one. It had Bill Hader. I like Bill Hader. Bill Hader's fantastic. That movie was funny. And, and frankly, John Cena was actually really good in that. That may be the single best individual performance by a wrestler. Uh, you know, The Rock, uh, you know, he's in the Fast and Furious movies, which I have, I've not seen a single Fast and Furious movie. Um, but every movie I've seen The Rock in, I'm like, man, I kind of like that guy. <laughs> you That's know? how I am. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. So it's probably The Rock, but I think the single best performance is John Cena. And this is literally what we're talking about on the Red Lake Nation radio podcast. Opening night, folks. <laughs> Right before uh, you, you, you know what I'm doing right now is is scrolling IMDb to see if Gene Okerlund ever played anybody besides Gene Okerlund. <laughs> Did he? No, not really. No. What about he the played, junkyard he dog? Wrestling announcer in a video game. Of course, he, he was suited for that. What about the junkyard dog? He was oh, he ever in a movie? The JYD. <laughs> I know nothing about wrestling. I, I know JYD RIP. By the way, <laughs> see, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. My brother was a wrestling fan growing up, so I got a little bit of uh, knowledge from him. But I've never been a wrestling guy. And until I started uh, joining Twitter a few years ago, I didn't realize how many wrestling fans there were out there. And more power to you. I, oh, I, I I'm sorry, folks. I, I apologize for neglecting the film uh, Ovure of one Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Is that the Slim Jim guy? No, that's that's Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, right, but, right, right. But uh, Piper was in, uh, what was that movie called that he was in? It was so terrible. Uh, they Live. <laughs> 1988. Never heard of it. It was a John Carpenter movie. It's really bad. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry about that. Man, we went really went off the rails once again, didn't we, Chris? We did. All right. Well, let's uh, let's end this one. Uh, this is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 333. You can subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio wherever you find find podcasts. Just go out there and look for us. Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. We're there. You'll find us. Uh, you can follow us at Red Leg Nation. No, excuse me, at Red Leg Radio on Twitter. See, I'm I'm out of Twitter. Somewhere. Man. Yeah. Uh, he's at C Jarber. C Jarber. C Jarber. <laughs> C- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. At Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> uh, Misa C. Jobber. C. Jobber 8 on Twitter. And uh, you can go to redlegnation.com where you can follow the Reds every single day as we've been doing since 2005. Chris, any final thoughts for us? Oh, no. I'm done. <laughs> I'm too. For Chris Garber and the Junkyard Dog, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Go.
Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.